You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sid Talk. Hello, Sid Talk. Hello. Are we better this week? No coughing? Well, there's some coughing. <laughs> This week sucked, I thought, because I coughed a lot, right? And then one day I took some NyQuil. I thought, screw it, I'm taking this NyQuil. And then I woke up about two hours after taking the NyQuil and just vomited everywhere. Very nice. So um, I've had enough of being sick, so can we just quit that? I also had a crappy week, remember, because I went to a funeral. You also had so a crappy week, worse, way worse than my week. <laughs> well, I mean, if we're comparing, my bad week's weeks. not worse than the people who we're dealing with. It was a friend from high school, only two years older than me. Cancer, of course, as you do in this life, and it was very, very sad. And I tried not to cough throughout the whole thing. I don't think I did. I was just really, really holding it in. <laughs> I bet you did cough. <clears throat> I don't think so. Anyway, I'll try and cut coughs out of this podcast, because I know people don't like coughs, but we are sickly people. I'm not beholden to these people. We're sickly people, <laughs> and we Sickly this week. All right. So, um, what's the crack? What's the before the after the show discussion? We were just seeing this movie, and what happened this movie, and then some other stuff that you were reading about. I was doing a lot of research on Mr. Clint Eastwood. You were. I do believe I know a lot more about him after reading Wikipedia. <laughs> His Wikipedia page is longer than most. I'll tell you that. Well, he's older than most. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, it is Saturday, April the 27th. This is after the show number 579. We are a movie podcast review show, and we review a movie every week. This week, we're looking at the movie The Mule. It's a 2018 release. It's actually out on Blu-ray, 4K now, and streaming services. It's rated R for mature. R, R, R is not for mature, is it? No. R for some brief nudity. It's also um, from our friends at Warner Brothers who sent us a copy for review. And um, Sidtart might cough, so I'll give you the synopsis of this. So, The Mule is the story... Well, it's, it's not a true story, but it's inspired by the true story, which came from a Time magazine article about a guy in his 80s, a World War II veteran, who became the a drug runner for the cartel. And Clint Eastwood's character in this movie is not that guy, but it's inspired by that. I mean, he is that character in this movie, but they're not doing like a biopic of no. that guy. <laughs> this isn't like how it went down at all. So, it, but it's based on that, you know, the nugget of that story. So, yeah, it's an old guy. He becomes a drug runner for the cartel. And hilarity ensues. Is that right? Oh, no. <laughs> there are, you know what? When I say that, not joking, this movie is quite funny in parts. Did you not agree? Um, I mean, there's times because it's uncomfortably funny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, this is... Um, I'll start by saying I really love this movie. I'm a fan of Clint Eastwood. Um, not everything he, do, he does, to be honest. But I do think, and I did say this to you earlier, I think he's legendary in the movie business, you know? Yeah. I think he'll be a great loss when he goes. We all go, so he I is mean, going. he's very productive. He is very productive, especially now in, like, when he's, like, he's 88 at the moment. He's made, like, six films in the last, like, eight years, I think. And he's got another film coming out next year. So... Yeah, he does make up movies. Like, and he's very. That last movie that we reviewed from him, the one on the train, you know, the. Mm-hmm. The one about <laughs> oh, yeah, the, I forgot about that one. Yeah, that movie, The 1517 to Paris, which was like really experimental for somebody yeah. at Clint Eastwood's age. So I'm always impressed with what, what he does. Like I said, I don't like everything, but he has made some great films. So um, I would say right off the bat here yeah, that I love this, The Mule. I think it was really entertaining. 
I think it was a good character study of this old guy. Like you might be, you might be thinking, well, why would an old guy like become a drug mule? Well, he's trying to, you know, he's not got a, a lot of money. He's financially, you know, he's actually homeless, isn't he? He ends up homeless. <clears throat> yeah, and I don't think that it was like, hey, I'm going to make him a drug mule. I think it just... It, it, and an opportunity presented itself. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, at first it looks kind of like an easy thing. Like he just drives his car and then he parks and then money appears. That's how it feels, doesn't it? Like it, it yeah. feels very simple. Like Until, you know, obviously... It doesn't always go simple. I kept thinking to myself, it shows you on the screen, oh, this is his first run, this is his second run. And I kept having this horrible feeling like, oh my God, this one's going to be the bad one. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, so he, you know, it's just a really interesting character study. It's like, like you said earlier, it's, I said it's funny, but then sometimes it's funny because it's like awkward. Because... Like the character in Gran Torino that he played. Incidentally, this was written by the guy who wrote Gran Torino. So it is a similar type of vibe. He's not quite as cantankerous as that guy, though. No. It's a bit more fun, this guy. That guy was just like a like a nasty kind of arsehole guy. This guy is kind of charming and fun, like an old, like old grandpa who's like kind of cool. <laughs> That's how I would put him. He's charming and he likes the ladies. But um it's it's just a really interesting look at it. And if I don't know about you, but I think it feels real like very realistic. Like this could be happening right now. Yeah. On this road here. Like it could be a guy. Absolutely. I mean it feels that way. I don't know. I don't yeah. live that life, but it, it was made to feel like it seems plausible. And the way it's filmed and the way it looks, it's it's just like, it's another thing about Clint Eastwood. He's not really fancy with his camera work and all that kind of stuff. It's very matter-of-fact, his movies. There's no wiggly camera. There's we like no... to call him economical, because he yeah. doesn't fluff around much. But I think it works, because he tells this story, and I got all the emotion from this story, and it does. It actually has a lot of emotion, right? It's very, it's very sad, I think, you know? Mm. You mean his life? Just... In general, like the, like his regrets and his, um, there's. I mean, a, it was all his a, choice. Yeah, so. I know, but there's a, there's a scene towards the end of the movie, which I won't spoil, but you know what I mean. Yeah. This I I found it really sad <laughs> because, but uplifting at the same time, it's weird. I mean, it is sad, but you have to always hold the person accountable for all the choices they've made in their life. You do, and he's not been the greatest. <clears throat> you don't get a chance to do it again. Yeah, it's not like a. He's not been a super great husband. Not, not only not super great. Bad. <laughs> they totally reject him at this point, except for his granddaughter, who there's always somebody in the family who wants who to hang it. on to hope yeah. that you're not the horrible jerk that everyone else keeps telling you that they are. Um, you know, we don't know all the things he did, but you can kind of say, oh, he probably played around and he probably Absolutely. stayed away from home a lot. And well, they said that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But... Uh, and whatever you know, and then as it slowly unravels, and I think it does slowly unravel. Like there's a scene. Spoilers. There might be some spoilers in this review, but we won't spoil like the overall thing. But you know the scene where you you've seen him for a while, and you're like, oh, I think I've got a handle on this guy. And then the next <laughs> thing you know, there's two hookers going into his room. <laughs> yeah. And that's where I was like, oh, you never really know somebody, do you? Like, because I wasn't thinking that at all. <laughs> Correct. So um, there are some sides to him that are not quite like what you would think an 88-year-old man, 90-year-old man, actually, in this movie. So um, it's, I think it's really well acted. I think it's doesn't, it really flew by as well because it was interesting the entire time. I agree. Um, it wasn't one of those, you know, like the IMDb reviewers would say, oh, it went on forever. I want my money back. <laughs> not Nothing happened. So in the middle of this whole thing is, I think, what is makes it great is Clint Eastwood, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I think all the people around are, I mean, I there's good, are all really good. Yeah, there's good support. In act. There's, it's mostly his story, though, and how he stumbles into this horrible world, which is, 
I don't know. It's kind of the way um, I really liked Breaking Bad because this average guy just stumbles into this, you know, horrible, <laughs> like you've got to act a different way. I, I also, I do like it as well as how um, Earl Stone, played by Clint Eastwood in this movie, he's kind of like doesn't give a shit. Like he's not frightened of these people, at least not at first, right? Correct. To, like how it works at first is somebody said, <clears throat> right, here's, go and pull into this place. They'll give you whatever and a cell phone. And he pulls into the place and there's like very serious looking thug dudes in there with machine guns. and He's stood- unfazed. He's just like, yeah, totally unfazed. Like it's nothing. And at first I was thinking, does he not know what he's doing? Does he not know what he's driving around? Because at first it's unclear, isn't it, whether he knows it's drugs. But, I mean, he's not an idiot, right? Correct. But at the first couple of ones, I was like, does he know actually know what he's driving? Because he does look at them when they put in the bags in the back of his truck. Like, oh, he even asks what, and they say, oh, it doesn't matter. He asks, what, what, am, I, what am I transporting? And, and what's interesting in this movie, as he does, he's different. He does his first journey, it's just a small bag. In the second journey, there's like a couple, oh, a bigger bag. And you can see that they're trusting him more and there's more and more. They're like, oh, this journey's got like six bags. And, you know, he's got, yeah. like, it, it, you can see that he's going up the chain and he doesn't really know he's going up the chain aside from when he gets paid every time. And it's on the other side, there's more bags going in the back of the truck. In his little pay packet, it's getting bigger and bigger. Like, he's actually becoming very rich, right? I mean, you don't see it, like... Like Walter White. In I don't know if he's becoming up. rich. He's spending it as he goes. He is. He, he does this. He does kind of like a Robin Hood thing, help some people out. He, um, yeah, he does pretty much what he tries to fix some things in his life, doesn't he, through it. But um, I think he starts to get a bit, you could get a bit, um, what do you call it? Like he wears a gold bracelet. Like, and pe- people would ask, wouldn't they, where's all this money coming from? I don't know. He doesn't really hang around with anyone except the drug people and prostitutes. And I mean, he's, they're not going to care. His ex-wife asks, <laughs> like, and plus he's an old man and he owned a thing where he raised these prize-winning flowers or whatever. So anyone who knew him, who's old, like at the VFW, they would just be like, "Meh." Oh yeah, he's he a horticulturalist at the beginning. Yeah, he just got money. It's not really that big of a question, I don't think. I mean, he goes to the um, the foreclosed in his house. And he goes to the bank and just slaps a load of cash down on the thing. Mm-hmm. They don't question that at all. Depends on how much it is, I think. Right. So, um, you know, it's That's that all kind I have of to do say somebody died. Yeah, true. <laughs> I think. Yeah, but you'd probably have to um, show some kind of, like, transfer of money, wouldn't you, or something? I think. I don't know. Maybe there are some plot holes. I don't know. Because I don't know how it works. But, um... Were you satisfied with uh, the story in general, like how it went? There's also this side, there's other, it's not a side story. There are two things going on in this movie. There's Bradley Cooper is in this movie and there's his, he's a, what do you call it? DEA agent. Mm -hmm. And there's his case is going on over here. It's not actually, it's less of that and more of Clint Eastwood's story. Yeah. But there is this case going on over here that you you know kind of from the beginning, oh, well, that's obviously going to cross over into this. I mean, it's not, it doesn't take a genius to figure it out. And it does work out that way. And it's not, it, it's not, um, there's no surprises really, right, in this movie. I didn't feel surprised by any of the plot. I kind of knew what was going, happening. Oh, no. Well, I mean, I don't know. It was hard to tell what, where things were going to head. Like how the ending would. Occur. Yeah. Were you satisfied with the ending? Did you like how it wrapped up? Did you yeah. Like, I did too. Was it what you expected though? Didn't have any expectation. I, I expected know. I expected something else. You know what I expected. Yep. But uh I kind of liked how it went too, because it's got um the oh, I don't want to spoil it. I was <laughs> about to spoil the entire movie. <laughs> I'm surprised you spoil every other movie. Yeah, I don't want to spoil I don't I think this one's a really good one to experience, and I think it's really it's fun in a way. It's not overly violent, is it? There's some violence, but it's not overly violent. Yeah. I mean, the drug cartel parts, there are some, but it's not like 
focused around that. It's really focused around this guy in a predicament that he wouldn't ordinarily be in and how he kind of doesn't give a shit. He really but he's doesn't. going along with it and it's working out for him. It's working for him because he gets to drive his car, which he loves, and he gets to take in a bunch of money without seemingly any repercussions. From yeah. <clears throat> so um, let's go on to the cast. This is uh, Clint Eastwood, plays Earl Stone. Like I said, Clint Eastwood, 88 years old. He's been in so many things. In fact, when I was looking down his IMDb list, not only has he direct, directed so many movies, he's been in TV shows. What was the first TV show I said he was in? Rawhide. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, since 1950s. And then if you think of Clint Eastwood, he's had huge franchises like The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, the, the you know, the Western trilogies, trilogy. He did the Dirty Harry movies. Um, he's, he's like a, I don't know, he's like... And then later on in his life... When he started becoming a director, there's a lot of movies in there that you like. Let's let's say, for instance, Unforgiven, Mystic River, Million Dollar Baby, Letters from Iwo Jima, Changeling, Gran Torino. They're like award-winning movies, like one after another, you know. Yeah. And that was later in life when he'd really stopped acting. <clears throat> so he's, you know, I described him as legendary, and I'm sticking to that. <laughs> I like his Somebody acting. Somebody might hate him, so they might not think he's a legend. No. I mean, yeah, but for me, he is. I like his acting. I've liked him since... Uh, I think the first movies I really saw of his were the, um, you know, A Few Dollars More, those those movies. Which I don't think you've seen, have you? No. They're so good. I love those um, Italian... They're Italian westerns. Spaghetti westerns, right? Um, it was like a big thing in the 70s. But... I mean, I've probably seen them on like Sunday afternoon movies or something, but... They're pretty cheesy. They're pretty grindhousey, like like um, you know, like Tarantino would like. What you call it, Django Unchained? They're pretty like that. Yeah, pretty grindhousey type. If you watch them now, they feel like that seventies kind of exploitation films. Like they don't feel like a normal western. They're a bit more bloodthirsty than that. What's a more What's a normal western? Like I'm thinking more of like. Ugh. Like, like what, what, what would you call, like a John Wayne Western? Maybe. I can't think of the names of them. Right. Okay. Like the ones that you think of. And then you've got stuff like The Good, The Bad and The Ugly or The Wild Bunch. The ones that are a bit more hardcore, I think. So I really, that's how I was introduced to him. And then I started watching the Dirty Harry movies, I remember, on VHS back in the day. I don't know how those hold up. Oh, know? I don't think they do. Like, I mean, it depends on the person, but... Yeah, like um, Death Wish movies. They were cool when I first watched them. And then I tried to watch Death Wish again, and I was like, oh, it's actually really kind of crappy. Yeah. Like, now, but it's, then. It's the definition, I think, of exploitation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then you have to watch them through the kind of, If you go back and watch them, you have to kind of go, yeah, that's what they are, and I'll watch them to appreciate that. So, but um, I love Clint Eastwood as an actor, I think he did a really good job in this. You know, like the beginning part where he is the horticulturist guy and he's the charming guy in public there and he's with the lady and all that stuff. He's different to the guy he is like a few years later when it skips forward in time. Don't you agree? No, because then he liked those ladies at that mansion. No, I mean, I don't mean the ladies. I mean, just like he seemed like happy. Uh, and then all of a sudden when it cut to like now when he's kind of skint and stuff, there was a change in him. It just felt different. Uh, I don't know if they did de-aging makeup, do you? I don't think so. You just kind of look different a bit. Don't know what they did. But yeah, it skips forward in time. I think it's 12 years at the beginning, after you've seen him for a little few minutes. So you like it? You liked Clint in this? You always like him? I don't always like him, but he was fine. He was. He had moments where you could see like he's really... In the past, I feel like there are times when he's just being Tough, neutral. No, not even that. Like, no, like Bridges of Madison County, shit like that. He's just going through the motions. A couple of emotional scenes, but kind of flat. This felt like he was thinking of what his character was thinking. Because yes. I think in real life, he really is. So I think, I don't know how good of an actor he is. It just sort of reflects his own thing, you know? But this time I could see it a few times. I don't know. <clears throat> I could have been manufacturing that. Um, Alison Eastwood, 
who's actually his real-life daughter, plays his daughter in this movie. You know what I was hoping for? More of an emotional scene between them both. No, not me. Because I know how that goes. There was one? Barely. But it was very brief? Yeah. That would be unrealistic. Yeah. When I was hoping for that, because I was thinking, well... But that would be unrealistic, because I've had the exact same thing, and it's not like that. It's not like, oh, everybody cries and whines and falls apart and everything's sweet and fine. It just doesn't work that way. So I thought that would cheapen it. All right. So I'm glad they did it the way they did. She was pretty standoffish with him because she was kind of pissed off with him most of the time. Yep. So, um, yeah, there was never like a super close relationship with them both. Uh, Mr. Bradley Cooper, this will be the second time Bradley Cooper has worked with Mr. Eastwood. He did American Sniper with him. And he plays Agent Colin Bates in this. I, I'm really becoming a big fan of Bradley Cooper. Don't know about you. After Star is Born. Yeah. I, I mean, really good. I want to see more. Yeah, I really do. I think I th- he's very talented. And I didn't think before, before American Sniper, let's think. I don't know what he was in, but he was in some things. Never really thought of him as great, but he's really kind of, he seems to be taking things a bit more seriously. <laughs> he's got his shit together, <clears throat> that young man. Yeah. And he definitely... I was reading about him working with Clint again on this, and he just... He wasn't a director when he did American Sniper, because he hadn't directed A Star Is Born yet. And he said he picked up loads of stuff from Clint. And now, having directed a film, and he wanted to be in this film, he said he watched it, and he was like, oh yeah, I can... Like, now I understand... Like, I can see how he works. And I understand that. I've been working like that too. You know, with the getting all the takes quick. That's a thing that he picked up. From. Absolutely. Like, cause that is a thing that Clint does. He's, we've heard people on extras for Clint's movies say, Oh, he doesn't really give you that many takes. You just have to go with it and get it. Like, cause he's not going to do 10 takes just to get the right thing. That's why it. I thought all the peripheral people, one day we'll talk about the cast, but they were really good. Yeah. Like all, I mean, he might have only talked to him for a minute at a time, but they were really good, like convincing. Maybe um, he brings that out in people. Um, and next down, I put Michael Penner as Agent Trevino. I always like it when Michael Penner crops up in things. I really like him. You know what I really liked him in? That movie that he did with Jake Gyllenhaal, where End of Watch, where they were both cops. Yeah. Really good. He was his partner in that. That was my favorite thing with Michael Penner. What do you think of Michael Penner in this one? Yeah, he's fine. I mean, he's pretty matter of fact all the time. He's just, he's Bradley Cooper's partner in this. And um, yeah, you're right. He doesn't have any emotional stuff to do. No. He's really like the guy who's he's telling just you. Clear, he's totally matter of fact. Everything he's doing when he's on the laptop, doing the paperwork, in the car, he's just involved in what he's doing to get it done. And, that's and he's it. often telling the audience what they're doing, kind of thing. Well, he's actually talking to Bradley Cooper. Saying, hey, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. But he's kind of telling us what's happening. Lawrence Fishburne crops up as special... Lawrence Fishburne's title in this is Special Agent in Charge. Right. Doesn't actually have a name. <laughs> Let's call him Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne has kind of slipped into these roles, hasn't he? The authority. Authoritative, yeah. But there's not really much to the role. It's not that meaty or anything. It's just he tells them stuff. Because literally, that's what he does in this. Any scene with Lawrence Fishburne is them telling him what they've done and him giving them permission to do something else. That's it, right? Yeah, pretty much. And he's usually walking down a corridor and Bradley Cooper's following him. And I find Lawrence Fishburne is kind of falling into that. And I, I, I think he... I like him when he's at... You know, I like Morpheus. <laughs> you know what I mean? Morpheus. Morpheus wasn't the guy who just walked down. Well, maybe he was. Maybe he was the guy who walked down the corridor and told Neo what was going on. But what did you like Lawrence Fishburne here? He was fine. He was better than he has been in other things in recent years. And uh, More lucid, <laughs> more on point. I don't know what it is, but he was just less... I don't know. There was, was a time less, where... I'm Lawrence Fishburne and it doesn't matter what I do. There was a Lawrence Fishburne time where he seemed very unhealthy and out of it. Yeah, exactly. And now he seems kind of... I think working for Clint Eastwood might make you go like, oh shit, you know? Yeah, maybe. Um, Andy Garcia as Leighton. I'll predict this. You don't like Andy Garcia, do you? 
Oh, I don't dislike Andy Garcia. Oh, I thought. Why would you think that? I don't know. I thought I was thinking you didn't like him. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe I've heard you say you didn't like him in something else. Probably in something, but um, his character is really um, stereotype. Yeah, very. He's a, he's the cartel boss, let's say, and he's you know it's kind of over the top a little bit. He's firing he's got a his gold, gold gun. Shotgun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a bit. To me, it was a bit overdone. Even when he was like, you know, when um, Clint Eastwood went to visit the cartel there yes. and he's showing him around and showing him all the girls and stuff, it just seemed a bit like... Uh, it's, a bit it's like what you think a cartel guy would be like. Like I'm watching Scarface, you know? Yeah. Like it's over the top, like outlandish. Yeah, yeah. But I guess that was part of the story that he was a bit outlandish and maybe some stuff happens and things happen during that, that se- those scenes. Um... Anybody else you want me to mention? I just think the whole rest of the cast, all the dudes that he had to interact with at the garage and the motel place. Yeah. They just, they were right, you know, interacted with him because they were like the dudes who had to hand off the drugs and pick off the drugs. But then they got to like him because he's like an old dude. He didn't give a shit. He's not afraid of them. So then they start calling him Poppy and like (laughs) helping him with his text texting because he doesn't know how to text on the cell phone and so I think, and I was convinced that these guys are just, what it, what the movie did for me is remind me that every single person along this chain. is just a person. Just a person. I mean, the hard nut guys who never really give up that hard crust, you know, the guy with the weird facial hair and then Andy Garcia even, and the guy who took over from him from Westworld, um, they're pretty one dimensional. So you see them as like a cardboard cutout of that character, but everyone else is like, if you think of this old dude deciding to drive these drugs, knowing what he's doing, I just don't think he knew the the volume that he was doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then think about the young guy who's working for the big boss. Like, you know, he said he picked he was picked up off the streets and helped and taught and, you know, he was given a home. So he's in a similar position. He's just taking their route that we all go like, even Clint Eastwood sits him down and says, I think you should decide. <laughs> get out of this now just quit oh yeah you did just go do your own thing do what you love doing he's like what are you talking about right so you just have to remember all the dudes who are hanging around with the machine guns and throwing the drugs in the back of the truck and they've just got families to feed and shit to do so i i feel like that was a reminder that he's not the only sort of like pawn in this game well yeah and there's also if you think about it they've got this old guy doing the thing it's probably a bunch of old guys doing this thing too, out of the story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like today, do you think there's just tons of ninety-year-old guys? I don't know. I don't know. The, drugs? I don't know the reality of the situation. I mean, if you were the drug cartel, you wouldn't put shifty-looking guys in cars, would you? Driving stuff around, you just put regular people. You try and find regular people. I would want to find. I'm Housewives. not a criminal, but I'm a criminal mind. I'd want to find people who have a lot to lose. Right? Because then I have that to hold over them. While he had a family and we never addressed the fact the cartel never even hinted at threatening his family or anything, which I thought was a bit uh, of a miss. No one ever even, like when they took the little thing from his ex-wife's funeral, whatever, right, they didn't right. even say, hey, we can find your family or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So that was a kind of a misstep for me. But if I was a drug lord, I would want... Somebody who has a lot, because then I can hold it over them. And when I say I know where your kids live, they know they have to do what I say. So overall, it's a really good cast. All I can't think of anybody who I would go, huh, didn't like that. No, no, I didn't. I, nobody bothered me, which is unusual. Right. So directed by Clint Eastwood. We've talked about him. He's the star of this movie. Million Dollar Baby, Jersey Boys. Did you like Jersey Boys? Yeah. Gran From Tur- musical. You see what I mean? Like how different his movies are from what yeah. Gran Torino, Mystic River, Unforgiven, Awesome Western. There's a good Western for you. Yep. Um, Those are the ones I think of more than the old, old ones for some right. reason. The ones he di- the one he directed rather than the ones he starred in. So, um, yeah. What can you say about Clint Eastwood? That's it. Be a very sad day when we lose Clint Eastwood. You know when we <laughs> lose. Um, I think has he? Well, he, he's had four Oscars. It says on the, on his page, which I think is a low amount for what he's done. 
Give him some more Oscars. He's probably already got a Lifetime Achievement Award sitting somewhere. Yeah, he's, he's had a lot of awards that are not Oscars. Lots and lots of different awards. So, yeah, well, if he hasn't got a Lifetime Achievement, they'd probably give it him when he dies, won't they? <laughs> Posthumously. <laughs> so, um, IMDb reviews. What is this section of the podcast, do you think? This is when you make up a funny voice for all the idiots. And, yeah, I'm going to go out there and say idiots, because if your only review of a movie is... It wasted my time. Period. Then I just there's no intelligence there for that effort that you've made <laughs> to say absolutely nothing. I can't think of anything more idiotic. So you like to put on a funny voice for them and read the one star reviews that you find. Yeah. So I thought this was a to me this is like a nine out of ten review uh, movie in my movie watching. Is it? Do you have a number of any kind? Of what? For me, this movie's like a 9 out of 10. I really enjoyed it. I would say like an 8.5. Right. So these It doesn't people, pull out a huge amount of, you know, emotion. I mean, I cried, but I cried a lot of things. But it didn't, like, challenge me terribly. It was well done. It wasn't overwhelming visually. It it's was weirdly fun, though. really good, entertaining. And I was right in it from beginning to end. Right, so these people had the exact opposite experience, and they would give it one star, these people on IMDb. The first guy says, he's called I Be Not. (laughs) He says, Clint, why? You're an icon. This actionless, disjointed, diminutive plot is too far too small for your iconic stature and charisma. You deserve better, and so do we. The meandering storytelling was weak and forced. Flower hobbyist, broken family life, bikini-clad drug lord party. Nothing flowed. There was no entertainment value to be found anywhere. There were a few... Anywhere. There were a few brief out-of-character moments. Brief glimmers. As one of your countless huge fans... I'm hopeful you have at least one more well-chosen performance to showcase and memorize, uh, memorialize what you instinctively do best. So that's that guy. This guy, Ash Ishjoy, says, literally, he actually starts with literally, (laughs) literally, at the end of it, sat and thought, what was the point of the movie, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> no pot, no plot at all. And so many great actors, but not given any scope to show their talent. No plot at all. None. I'm just wondering, did you watch it? Like, I mean, did, you, did you even make an effort? I mean, is there any film with no plot at all? A- aside from that one where it's just a blue background for three hours. I mean... Isn't f- I do not understand. See, this is my thing. I'm, I try really hard to get in people's minds. If someone disagrees with me, I get it. I totally get it. Because I can say that I love a movie and completely understand why someone else would hate it. Like, I get it. But when you say to me, there's nothing. There's no plot. It's boring. Period. And don't give me, like... I mean, I can tell you the plot, so there's definitely a plot. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, every story has a story. <laughs> That's the idea. But w- I tried to see through their eyes. Like, what do you want? I said to you, what is it these people, how are these people's lives? Are they a constant every second of every day flow of dramas and traumas and action and Jerry Springer shit and people coming and going and just like a constant pretend fake theater? Like, I do not understand what they're, what they're looking for when they say there's nothing. Or they don't, obviously, they don't understand tori- storytelling, which is fair. But I just want to understand. I want a really good reason why someone doesn't like something. But you never find good reasons. No, you do not. And they've made such an effort to get on their phone or go on their computer, go to IMDb, click on the thing, mark that they've watched it, and then... Pick a star and then tippity type type, give it a subject line. What are you getting out of that? From well, the all next, your effort. The next guy says, 
Bike Guy 1000. The 999 bike guys before him don't like him. He says, seriously, the worst Clint Eastwood ever. I took the family tonight to see the mule, and we all came away very disappointed. Terrible writing, boring storyline. Surely it was written as a midday movie. Surely. What a waste of time, money, and talent. Okay. Who's... <laughs> The talent you have for putting a sentence together because you clearly can. So you've wasted that talent on that review. I like this one because it's to the point. From Panny Maletis. One of the worst and most boring movies I have ever seen. Dot, 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 dot. <laughs> to the point. That's it? Yep. Oh my God. <laughs> um, what else we got? We got um, Courtney Sessoms says... You can tell from the very beginning what's going to happen from the beginning. Let me say that again. You can tell from the very beginning what's going to happen from the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) I could have looked at the cover and known what the ending was going to be. It was a waste of money and time. You could have looked at the cover and known what the ending was going to be. Let me look at the cover. (laughs) Covers a picture of Clint Eastwood's head and a car going along a road. I don't know if I would know what the ending That's not the end. I don't know if I know what the ending would be from that. Anyway, that's the losers for this week. We've read the losers down. You're not a loser if you disagree. Don't get us wrong. No. You can find a thing you dislike. It's just this thing of you're not actually explaining what better to do. Right? I'm not saying everything has to be constructive criticism. You can, I can just say, oh my God, I fucking hate that movie. And then I go on to say, and here's why. And it's usually quite lengthy and wordy. Maybe that's where my expectations are wrong. Because I will tell you every thought in my head through every scene of every movie. If you really want to discuss the movie. Yes. That's where I fall. And I don't make the effort even to go on these sites and say good things. So I just don't. I can't get my head around it. There's some special features. Not much though. There's the making of the mule. And that is... It's about 10 minutes long. You do actually get to hear Clint interviewed. Um, You don't normally, so... That's true. That was good. And there's also the Toby Keith music video for Don't Let the Old Man In, which the lyrics to the song play at the end as it's ending. And as I was listening to it, I was thinking that that's Clint's (laughs) philosophy, you know? Don't let the old guy in. Keep it the young, you know, and then keep going making movies like he like he does. So, um, in conclusion, are you recommending? I don't recommend. I just say if you want to, if you have liked Clint Eastwood movies of all kinds, and you just particularly like him, and you want to see what it's like, then watch it. I wouldn't say it's good or bad. I think you'll make up your own mind. And I will recommend this to everybody. Everybody out there who likes a good movie. Because <laughs> I was really impressed. Obviously not everyone. After the last one we watched, the Paris one, which I kind of liked in its experimental way, this was more what I want from a Clint movie. So, really liked it. Um, thank you to Warner for sending us the uh, 4K disc for review. Next week, also from Warner, we'll be reviewing Aquaman. Hey. Um, so, yeah, wait... For that next week, Aquaman. Do you like Aquaman? I don't know. Yeah, I haven't seen it. You've seen him in the Justice League. You know who he is. I know, but I don't know anything about the movie. I mean, do you like the character Aquaman? Oh, I don't know. I don't know enough about him. Barely got to see him in that, so. Come on, you watched Justice League. I know, but it was barely in it. Isn't it a bit? He was fighting. You can pretend like I can make up some shit, like opinion. I don't have one yet. I don't even think you remember Justice League very much. I remember it. I just, there wasn't enough to base it on a whole movie. Also, I haven't seen this movie, so I don't know. All right, then. Movie recommendations. Here are my two. Gran Torino. Gran Torino and uh, The Mule are very... It's, if you like Clint Eastwood playing an old man, an old man playing an old man, you'll like <laughs> those two movies. And my other one is The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, which is the third in the that trilogy, the Sierra... What's he called? Leon? Sergio Leon? Yeah. The third in his trilogy. The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. That's my favorite one. 
And yours are? My recommendations are about Schmidt. Because there's another dude, it's Jack Nicholson, several years ago. When he was getting old. Er. Mm-hmm. And, you know, taking a road trip after his wife dies. And kind of learning about himself and end of life stuff. And I don't know if it would hold up today quality-wise, but I remember liking it at the time. And the other one is Stealing Harvard. Which is that with Tom Green? No, it's with Johnny Knoxville. Johnny Knoxville is the main guy. I thought he's Tom still, Green was also in it. He might be. I don't know, but he's not the main person. Stealing Harvard. I mean, oh, Jason Lee is in it, too. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. All I remember is Johnny Knoxville, but the idea was that his friend dies and... His friend would have wanted to have his body or whatever, a certain thing done to it. Oh, I'm thinking of a totally different... Yeah, you are. Totally different. (laughs) And this is Johnny Knoxville then taking his friend's body... Yes. ...to where he would want to go. And it's, I mean, it's all about death, I guess, but... I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of like some screwball comedy with Tom Green in it. Something Harvard. Maybe that was stealing Harvard. Maybe yours, the one you're thinking of is not Oh, maybe. Yeah. That's why I was like, why the hell are you recommending you that? You might be right. Let me see. I know which one you mean, though. It was like driving him. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, was kind of, it wasn't like a screwball comedy, but it had funny stuff. But Correct. But it was more of like an independent movie. I can't remember what it was called, though. I'll find it. But yeah, Stealing Harvard, I was like, why is she recommending that? <laughs> that's like goofy comedy. I can accept that that's not possibly it. All right, she'll find it. I'll go on to my uh, Games and A Scully stuff. Uh, this will be short and sweet, really. I've been playing Division 2 and the Grand Tour game. I've talked about them both. They're both on... Division 2 is on the PC. Really enjoying it. And the Grand Tour game is on the PS4. If you like Jeremy Clarkson and uh, the Grand Tour, you will like it. It's fun. The other thing is... We've been watching uh, Cobra Kai Season 2. We're up to Episode 7, I believe. What, what do you think of it? Of course, I like it. It's fun. Are you a Karate Kid fan? Um, not the way you are, <laughs> if I'm honest. Not like that sort of like endlessly in love with it. No. No? I mean, I was I grew up on the Karate Kid. So did I. You're only 18 months younger than me, approximately. Watched it so many times on VHS, over and over and over. So this uh, this strikes the right balance of like nostalgia for the original films and like newness. I mean... The- I would not, I would never claim that performances (laughs) and dialogue or writing is like high quality. It feels sometimes a little like it's stunted in the expectations we would have had back in the 80s. There's a lot of very flowery, sort of dreamy. Like sitcom-y. Kind of, and very, you know, of our youth. And there's lots of movies now like that, but we... Because it's based on something from the 80s. You know, it's got a lot of that. And the thing is, I still like it. Like, it doesn't make it negative for me. It's just, I figured from the beginning, I'll add that to the charm of it. And because I think they do a good job. I know, I think bringing back the old guy, not. I think it's really dumb. So as far as that goes, I'm turned off of that completely. But he was a huge part of the originals. <laughs> yeah, but he's not making it better at all. Because... What I was really digging was these two middle-aging men figuring out how to get over this or not, bringing in this other element when you don't have Miyagi to balance it out. And he has, I don't understand this guy. It's just for the sake of it, I think. So that part is kind of lowering it down for me. But as far as just enjoying it, I enjoy it a lot, a lot. Yeah, it's real, really fun and it's very nostalgic for yeah. sure. And I, I love the way that because they have the rights to the films, they actually insert clips from the films. And sometimes it really helps because last night <laughs> yeah. we had like Johnny's friends from the original film. You'll remember the, the goons that he mucked about with. Well, they turned up as, you know, and now it's what, 30 years later. And you might not recognize them immediately, but it kind of, it showed you the clip from the film and you're like, oh, those three guys. So yeah, exactly. sometimes it just helps. And sometimes, you know, they show a clip of Mr. Miyagi and it makes you feel sad because <laughs> he died. Oh, spoilers. I mean, he died in real life. Come on. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's Cobra Kai. Did you find out what that movie was called? With Johnny Knoxville? Yes. 
Grand Theft Parsons. That's it. That's why I thought it was Stealing Harvard. I couldn't believe <laughs> that you were recommending Stealing Harvard. I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, you can watch it if you want, but Grand Theft Parsons is the one That's where Johnny exactly Knoxville's friend has died. And has, he's the, like, the only one who knows what the guy really wanted to have done with his remains or whatever. So It's very obscure, and I bet not many people saw so it. So obscure, I mixed it up with another one. Yeah. And so, you're right, the other one was, um, what's his face? Tom Green. Correct. And Jason Lee. Correct. Yes. And that movie is very low quality, and that's why I was like, what's she saying? Why, why is she like that? Because <laughs> it was pretty bad. <laughs> anyway, what's for dinner? I don't know yet. Oh, we have mashed potatoes. Is it pizza? We can have pizza. I mean, I should have ordered already if we were doing pizza, but... That sounds fine to me. We haven't mentioned my my current status. Not only coughing and whatnot, but the medication that I took a while back to get rid of my gunk. Although I've done a little more research, and it could actually be a virus that causes this, but who who knows if anyone would ever figure it out. But I've lost my sense of taste and smell. Not the kind, not the way that you do when you have a cold, because that's different. Even when you have a cold, if you drink hot soup. It melts everything and you can taste it and you can smell it. Like, this is actual deadened. Like, I can't taste my own mouth. I can't taste. I ate jalapenos at a Mexican restaurant the other day, and the only thing I had any sensation of was whatever it does to your actual skin of your mouth. You know what I mean? Like, it actually burns your mouth or whatever. <laughs> I had no sense of taste. I've eaten lemon slices. I've put salt directly on my tongue. And while I can tell it's there with this weird sensation there is no flavor and if you know me which you most none of you will probably i'm a round lady of middle aging 51 i like my food and the reason i like my food is because it tastes now i probably will lose weight through this process because you went to the mexican restaurant i got me some bean nachos we're also vegetarian that's why he's asking me what we have for dinner people may not know that um, and I was like, no, everything that's bread or tortilla or it's all just the same in my mouth. It's like eating, I could be eating Play-Doh, you know? And then like, I tried to beat a bite of a piece of bread at my mom's and I was just like, it just disintegrates in your mouth. It's, it was just, and I love bread. I love bread. I love flavors of things. So this experience has been very interesting. So if it's crunchy, I've been eating lots of raw vegetables, raw peppers, raw carrots, raw radishes, hummus, because it has lemon in it, and that can kind of like, it tingles something in there. That's kind of good with something crunchy. Hummus is the lemon juice, probably. and the- Yeah, it has lemon and tahini in there, but the mm. lemon is probably the thing that gets that little tiny bit of reaction. I mean, it's not... I can't taste the lemon. Also, I can smell nothing. Like, absolutely nothing. If I put my armpit to my nose to see if I put my deodorant on, you know how we all do. Don't pretend you don't. I'm like, oh, I I can't. I'll just do it again because I don't know. (laughs) I can't tell. And then I'm like, I can't tell if I smell. I can't tell if I have bad breath. I can't smell cooking. My mom was cooking garlic and onions the other day. And I walked in the kitchen. She's like, oh, doesn't this smell good? And I'm like... I can't smell anything. It's like dead. It's very depressing on one hand. There are worse problems in the world, I understand. But for a person like me, I said to you, it's like if you sit down to a video game and you're playing it, but you're like, why am I doing this? I'm getting nothing. Like nothing. I'm not excited. I'm not entertained. I'm not having a good time at all. But you know you want to, right? Right. That's how this is with the food. So what we're having for supper, pizza will be fine. I'll get it overcooked. So it's crunchy. (laughs) It sounds pathetic, but it's like, I don't want to stop eating. I can find ways of enjoying it, but it's kind of a weird situation. So if you know anything about this, if you're a specialist in tasting, from what I understand, it's not about actually your taste buds or anything. It's the connection between your sense of smell and taste, they go through a thing and then some something has turned it off or interfered with it, either the medicine or virus. 
So All right. If so. you're an expert in this situation, please let us know. Email acecoli at acecoli.com or sidtalk at sidtalk.com. And what is your advice <clears throat> before we go? Advice is um, kind of generic, and it probably is a proverb of some kind from some ancient culture. I don't know. But because I'm not the most generous person with my time or myself, I find that I do things not far beyond, but things I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to go to that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to give to that. I don't want to participate in that. But then I do because I know it's for good. It's for better, even if it's just to have lunch with a friend or whatever. You know what I mean? Even though I don't want to do it. So I want to give more than I want to. You know, we're not talking about like I would want to give him I want to give one dollar so I give a million to a cause. Not I don't mean that. I just mean like the moment when you're like, oh, I'm supposed to go with my friend to lunch, but I'd really rather sit here in my pajamas. But, you know, your friend is really looking forward to it. Just give a little more than you want to. You know, what I mean, like do it and then take less than the opportunity is giving you. So if you're. You know that I don't know how what examples of that, but just. Take less and give more. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so you can catch uh, this podcast on acecoli.com. I made a new intro, which you tells did. you all about You did. You worked this. hard on that. So I don't have to tell you every week. It tells you at the beginning. Anyway, go to acecoli.com. It says podcast. You can subscribe through all the means. And we pretty much cover every means. You can catch uh, me and you on Twitter and Facebook. Well, me mostly on Twitter, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And me on Instagram. True. And me on Instagram, A. Scully and Sid Doc. You're going to see a lot of pictures of plants. And if you want to see my face, you'll find it on Instagram. You'll see precisely nothing from me on Instagram. <laughs> As I have an account, I just don't use it. I mean, I look at it. I don't post on it. You can. E- what are you, anti, anti-social media? I'm more of a browser than a poster. I think they call that a lurker. Lurking. That sounds sinister, though. It does. It? I'm not sinister. You're I'm not. just reading all your posts. <laughs> I'm rubbing my hands together going, <laughs> All right. With all your right. fingertips. So um, email me at acecoli.com. Don't email Sid Talk. And uh, next week, we'll review Aquaman. And stay classy, Mr. Clint Eastwood. And please don't leave us. Make many more films. Thank you. And I'm going to say think for yourself. If you don't, someone will do it for you.